Well, hello, Tim Kiefer, MIBT Online. How are you guys doing today? We're here for our May off-season meeting. Welcome. So I uh, hope everybody's enjoying themselves and whatever it is that they're doing in the off-season. Hopefully you're, you're officiating something else because God knows we need it. But I appreciate you taking some time out here today, this evening, to join us to talk some football. So uh, lots to do tonight. Uh, looking forward to a great meeting. So let's uh, let's get uh, things on our way and going. So uh, we're out there tonight. I'll bring in the panel. We got everybody here tonight, so this should be a lot of fun. So we're going to have some announcements. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the state of officiating. We're not going to spend a lot of time here, but we're going to spend a little bit of time here. Bill Miney's Best Practices. I've got a, uh, a sample of that for you tonight because that's available now for all you subscribers. You can go there and get it right now. We'll, show, we'll talk about that here in a minute. Then we got some plays. So the plays are always uh, fun to talk about. So our announcements. Let's go through those real quick. So the Bill Amani's Best Practice video is now available. It is available. It's called the. It's this year. It's the Call on the Field Stance. So it's a. We've done some different things uh, with it this year. You need to check it out because, uh, and like I said, as a subscriber, it's part of the deal. So just go to the Bill Amani page. We're going to have all the individual plays this year. That's another thing. We're going to do something different this year. We're going to put all the individual plays on the football uh, uh, page. And right now, we're, it might be there where you can search the plays. The plays are going to be searchable. If not, it's coming. So uh, you want to uh, check that out when you can. So now uh, the other thing we, we've got is our Intro to Football course slash clinic. This is going to take place June 5th, Sunday, June 5th from 1 p.m., to 5 p.m. Central. So you Illinois officials, it's a level one clinic. A lot of you guys don't need this because you were going to have our level two clinic as we normally do. So don't worry about it if you're uh, thinking, oh, that's going to be the clinic. No, we're going to do our clinic uh, later. But this is for new officials. So if you have anybody out there that is interested in officiating and they want to get a taste of what it is all about, we're going to break it down. It's going to be from the, I mean, it's going to, like we're talking from the, the, the beginning official breaking down the rules, how to officiate, give you a general understanding of what to expect when you go out there to officiate a game. It's going to be June 5th. They can subscribe, but they don't have to. It's $20. They can just go and sign up if they want. Um, if, if you're interested in the link, just let us know. Uh, it's just on our store page, uh, mibtonline.com slash store. Um, if they do subscribe, we give them the clinic feedback. So they get the clinic as part of the, or the, and the course as part of their subscription. So that's kind of a cool thing too. So that's just something coming up. Another thing we got now is we're announcing our referral program. This is a big deal, okay, for you officials out there who are subscribers. And I want to thank everybody who's been a subscriber because we really, you know, we don't have this without you. And we try to put on a really good program, bring in the, the best that we can, and do, you know, do the things that are going to make us better, going to make us go from good to great. But this is what the referral program is all about. No gimmicks here, no jokes, nothing. For every person that you bring in, as you're a subscriber, because you're watching this, you're most likely a subscriber. For every person that you bring in to MIBT online as a new subscriber, as they fill out their profile, there's a thing now that says who referred you. If they put your name in there, for every name or every person you refer, you get $10 cash. Not a rebate, not a coupon, nothing. We send you $10. So you do the math. 
you do 100, you get 100, or you get 10 people, you get 100 bucks. I mean, so you, you get five people, you pay for your subscription for the year. We don't mess around. Like I said, it's no gimmick. You, you get people to join us because why? Why? Do we want to have more subscribers? Absolutely, we want to have more subscribers. But what's the point? People who are members of this association succeed. If they're members of subscribers at MyBTOnline.com, they move, they move on. Now, they might not move on to college or the NFL. Some do. But they succeed in whatever their level that they're working. We make them from good to great. You might get an extra varsity game. You might get an extra playoff game. It's been proven. We've got the statistics to show it. That's why we want people to be members. We want to make the game better. And subscribers here are better officials. That's just the, that's just the truth of it. So... Um, so the state of officiating, we're going to talk a little bit about the state of officiating, but before um, we, we get into that, I am going to bring in the panel, so I need to make sure I turn their microphones back on, so that way they are all set and ready to go. So let's see who we have up first. Looks like Bill Lamagne is going to be first. Bill, how are you doing today? Looks good. Glad to be on here and uh, hope everybody's staying safe and doing well. Well, yep, we hope everybody is staying safe and obviously doing well. We also have our guy, Robert Yabara, and Robert is with us tonight. Robert, how are you doing tonight? You know, I'm doing great. And, and to kind of echo a couple of things you brought up already, Tim, the Bill Lamagne best practices for us viewers listening right now and watching, take advantage of that. Oh, my goodness. You know, I, I watched the entire segments of the best practices and I was thoroughly impressed. Obviously you guys have excellent delivery, excellent game footage, excellent commentary. And even as a veteran official, I took away a lot of best nuggets mm -hmm. from that uh, best practice video. And I was in, truly impressed even in the blocking. Holy cow. I thought I had it mastered, but even there I picked up a lot of great tidbits. So thank you guys for an excellent uh, pr product to put out there. Secondly, for the, the clinic, you know, even if you are a veteran official, there's no reason why you can't even brush up on the fundamentals. So come and join us on that June 5th. And then finally, the referral program. If you really want to help our game and we are guardians of the game, let's let's refer someone. So thank you, Tim, for focusing on such an important subject. Yes. It's a, and like I said, we, the more officials here are, are better and we want to we want to help the game. So Mike Billica, he's with us as well. Mike, how are you? How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, you mentioned earlier, hope we're working other sports. I, I did a baseball game today. Um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to a soccer game I have in June, and I'm going to another college football camp uh, in mid-June. And you know, when we're in officials, it's we're in a fraternity, sorority, you know, family. And we need to keep growing. I love the fact that you're bringing this up that, um, you know, we're, we're stressed out for, for low numbers of officials in Connecticut and Massachusetts, all over New England, and it's across the country. Um, and this referral program is a great way to get the people that are committed into officiating into this really nice program that you put together here, both with the best practices and all of our biweekly meetings. So please bring a friend um, because this is a good product. Well, I appreciate that, Mike. And yeah, that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to uh, to bring the best out of everybody. And so we're, we're, we're happy to do it. So we're going to get to our topic now. Our first topic about the state of officiating. People, have, we've heard about this. This is, you know, a, a, a drum that just keeps beating and beating. It's like, you know, we, we, we know we're hurting for officials. 
and we continue to hear about stories of officials who are being assaulted and officials walking away. In fact, it happened just here locally in Las Vegas, a basketball official who was a state final basketball official. He's doing a rec league game to help out, gets assaulted in the parking lot, and now is got some serious injuries, needs uh, you know funding for that, and says, screw it, I'm done. We're done. I'm, done. I'm not doing this anymore. The statistics, according to referee and NASO, if they're true, say about 50,000 officials have walked away in the last two years. I know in Wisconsin, one of our guys up in Wisconsin was telling us that they lost 50% of the officials across the board. 50% have not come back. So we have to figure out a way um, you know, to, to solve this problem. And it's, it's, it's not going to be done overnight. I mean, unfortunately, there are things that happen in the world that can't even be solved overnight as we unfortunately you know, had the other day but, or yesterday. But we have to try to do what we can. We have to try to figure out a way. And I think one of the things that we're going to really start pressing here is recruit, train, and retain. One of the issues I find, and I'm, everyone's going to give everybody a chance to talk on this. And, and by the way, I'm sorry. Let me put up the text line because... I'm sure there are people out there that want to want to uh, kind of get involved here. So here's the text line. So I apologize for not getting that up earlier. But but in the end, this is what I believe. I believe we need to recruit, train, and then that will be retained. Because first we got to get them in the door. And if we don't get them in the door, we're we're, we're not going to have them. Obviously, we train them. I think that's part of the issue. Is a lot of officials aren't trained to handle situations, uh, and so then they walk away. Now. You can't, you're not trained to handle an assault. But fortunately, they're still low. I mean, the, the, the actual assault numbers are starting to increase, but the overall, it's, it's rare. So we have to train officials, young officials, how to handle the, what's ever going on out there. And we also have to train administrators and train coaches and uh, league staff on a, almost a zero tower, tolerance policy. Like, we're not. We're gonna stop the game. We're not playing until everybody, you know, lets us play the game. Let's play the game. And then, the, and the, let's be very clear. That's not about not cheering. Okay, cheering for your your son or daughter, or cheering for your school, or cheering for something like that. We're not talking about that. Absolutely, you cheer. You cheer for, not necessarily against the officials. And I think these are things that we have to start looking into. We have to start thinking outside of the box because we're at a stalemate right now. And Robert, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start out with you, and then um, we're gonna go around, and then we'll come back to you so you can kind of look at the text messages and see what other people have to say about this or are, are uh, watching right now. So Robert, what's your thought on this? Well, I, you know what, I'm gonna share just a testimonial. As, as far as um, retention and recruiting, Tim, is that the main focus here yeah, we're discussing? Yeah, just about the state of officiating, all right. And how we, what, what are some of your ideas? I mean, yeah, recruit, train, retain. That's what we need to do. But like how, what are some of your ideas? You got to lead by example, right? Even us officials, we may be so experienced in certain sports. I know I have experience in football and basketball, but I'm at the dinner table with my wife who works at a high school, an all girls high school here in, in Illinois. And she explained to me that they added a new sport called girls lacrosse. And they had to cancel their first four home lacrosse varsity games because they didn't have officials. And I said, wow, in, in all sincerity, I could be part of the solution. So I waited to the uh, registration open date to begin the 22, 23 
school uh, sports season, which was uh, uh, May 1. So on May 2nd, I signed up for renewed football, renewed basketball, and added a new sport, girls lacrosse. Now that's not where the story ends. So you, so mind you, I haven't never worked a game. I haven't opened a rule book. I haven't attended a clinic, right? So I have zero experience. I get notified by the IHSA on a need for girls lacrosse officials to work the state tournament. I just deleted the email because I assumed it just didn't apply to me. I seriously just registered and I certainly had zero experience. Then within 24 hours, I get another email and I'm in a group of like 25 officials specifically being asked if I'm able to work regionals. And again, I thought, well, it's not my place to, you know, to accept these assignments. I haven't had any experience. Then I get a personalized text from the state of Illinois asking if I'm available to work girls lacrosse tournament just last week. And I still didn't accept, but that's the state of where we're at. Now, to summarize this, I'm taking action of trying to fulfill a demand that is needed. Then it rejuvenates my blood of learning. And by doing so, I truly can look people in the eye and say, help be part of the solution and then share a story like this. So Tim, it begins with us. And then from here, hopefully we can create uh, some enthusiasm and that enthusiasm become contagious where it will expand and ripple within our network. Those are my comments. Well, and I want to be, I want to make sure everybody understands this. Cause I mean, Robert signs up two weeks ago, never has officiated a girls across game in his life. And they want him Correct. to be his first game to be a regional a regional Correct. playoff game. Your first game ever. That is correct. That is crazy. It's crazy. The, never heard of anything. Can you imagine? Never heard anything other? like it. The only element that I had that was in favor was my experience of being an official. That's the only thing I was able to bring yeah. to the table that someone else may not bring. <laughs> you, you mean to tell me you're going to take someone with zero experience in a sport and put them in a regional? Are you serious? That's where we're at, people. That's, that's exactly, unfortunately, where, where we are at. So I'm going to, go to, I'm going to go to Mike now. Mike, you know, obviously, you do a lot of recruiting and training in your neck of the woods recruit, retrain, retain. Those are, you know, that's kind of, a, it's like we talk about the three-legged stool in regards to rules, philosophy, mm -hmm. and mechanics. Well, it's the same philosophy. You don't have, you don't have all three of those. You're, you're in trouble. But what are, what are some of the things that, that, some ideas you might have and things like the thinking outside the box that should try to, you know, maybe help begin to solve this problem? Well, I think for one thing, we have to kind of change some of the stodgy older guard rules like uh, facial hair for example um, because of the facial hair rule we had in our board it completely eliminated the Sikh community it completely eliminated folks that um, have neatly groomed facial hair and they work as prison guards or they work as law enforcement officers where it's now permitted and we have still not allowed it and it was costing us officials um, in addition I think if we want to keep new people coming in we have to walk the walk and talk the talk ourselves um you know when i'm at the grocery store i need to behave in a way that i'm a professional when i'm in my classroom you know anywhere i go so that i carry with me kind of this gravitas of oh this is a guy that i can respect 
because I, I talk to people about officiating everywhere I go. You know, I'm, everyone knows that's in my circle that I'm a football official. Everyone knows that we're looking, but I also can't, you know, show up with one too many drinks at an event where everyone knows I'm a football official. So, you know, we have to carry the bar high as representatives for the sport. I think the news is out that there's a shortage everywhere. Um, and uh, we just need to keep talking to people. And as Robert said, build into our network, in, you know, increase the numbers of our uh, family, our friends, our, our coworkers that are trying it. Um, you know, have them come to the new officials clinic that you're running on June 5th. You know, uh, maybe sponsor somebody that isn't sure they want to pay the money for it. Maybe sponsor a candidate and, um, you know, tell them if it's not a good bet, they, you know, maybe they'll pay you back. So make deals, you know, make compromises because um, sadly we're, we're not going to be able to um, say that a guy can't work a varsity game for the first five years anymore. No, we're not there. That's we're way past that. And, you know, I think that's where I think a lot of us as officials, we're okay with recruiting. We're good. We're, we're trying to recruit people. It's that the train will get in the right training. And then the retain part where that's where we start, you know, things get a little, get a little wobbly right now. So I think that's, I mean, I agree with some some of the things that you were saying that maybe we can lower the the bar, but still keep the bar, you know, high like to to that point. So, uh, yeah, and I can speak to that too, if you don't mind, just sure, for a second. Um, you know, we we need to develop more on-field officials, uh, on-field opportunities, I should say, for young officials. Um, right now, we've got a lot of veterans that like to snag a lot of snaps in preseason games early in the season. And I'm trying to discourage them from actually being on the field and instead being shadows of new officials. Um, I'm also bringing in our veteran officials into our new member classes and making sure that they see what the landscape is like. Um, a lot of, lot of veteran officials would be great mentors if they only could remember what it was like when they first started out. And we're reaching into the retired community and asking them to come back um, retired officials and say, Hey, you know, I know you retired, but can you come down to a game, you know, buy them a beer, you know, something just, just to get people out there to talk football, to keep these guys, uh, enthusiastic about the game, to keep their heads up. Um, you know, because like you said, we have to do video work with guys. We have to do rule book work with guys. We have to watch them do the mechanics. We can't just throw them out there to the wolves and then never watch them work and expect they're just going to keep coming back to the meetings week after week. We got to get people on the field where they are. No, I, I agree with that. So, um, all right, Bill, I mean, you've been around a while. You've seen this come and go. Well, I guess it's more going now than, than coming, but uh, what, what are some of your thoughts? Well, I, some of it's been touched on already, but I really would like to see the associations, officials associations, really start having a goal that their veteran, their seasoned, their mem regular members will do a thing like uh, be responsible for at least bringing somebody in once every three years, um, providing that mentorship and training and, and that and offer some incentives, similar to what you're doing here with MIBT. Um, but, and even the state at the state level, there maybe needs to be some emphasis from the states, especially they're the ones who lost 50% in Wisconsin, lost 50% of their membership. Um, they better be very act, active and proactive about the recruitment of and retention of officials. Now we can bring people in, but the retention factor is probably the hardest. You know, when I came in, 
you know, if, if you come into officiating and you don't think somebody's gonna, whether it's a parent, whether it's a coach, whether it's a player, that somebody's not going to give you a hard time, then you're kidding yourself. Cause it, it we're not going to be, you know, uh, Alice in Wonderland. Uh, everybody's nice and, and cozy. Uh, we're, we, but at the same time, it's a different group of people today than maybe when I started back in the mid seventies, you know, um, you know, the, the temperament of how people are treated. I mean, you know, my teachers were on me, my parents were on me, you know, my coaches were on me. So I was used to it. You know, uh, I've been married for 47 years and <laughs> I've always kind of looked at it and said, you know, coach, you're an amateur. I've got a professional at go. home. <laughs> <laughs> Be nice now. She's not listening. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, the, the, it, so it was kind of a thing was it didn't bother me too much about about the climate when and it wasn't as bad as it is today but but today's kids th that's not the environment that they've grown up in that's the, the younger folks that's not it um and once they get out there and they get subjected to some of that stuff that that's it's a different world for them and they're not going to put up with it you know so so it's got yeah. it better start changing from the leagues. It better start changing from the schools and the conferences. Um, and they better put their foot down on it. Um, and otherwise they're the ones that are going to, we'll, we'll lose the opportunity to officiate, but they're going to lose the games to play. Well, and, and setting reasonable expectations as well. I mean, the training part to train them how to handle those situations and stuff. So, I, I mean, that's kind of what we're trying to do here, obviously, and what we're going to continue to do with the, the new officiating courses, and we're going to create new officiating courses in many sports to try to to try to do that. And but I also think it's it's reasonable expectation not to Mike's point or to Mike's point about yeah you don't want to hoard all the games if you're the old guy, but in the end the new guy can't expect to work one game and then he's going to be Bill Lamonia working a national championship game in two years, you know. And, and I think sometimes we have that issue as well. So yeah, you know. It, it, Talk about handling things. If I can tell one quick story, back back when I was a physical education teacher at an elementary school, I went in the summer to watch, uh, you know, the part the baseball game. I wouldn't even say it was little league, but it was the 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 park district league. And of course, the umpires on that game were just some of the parents. You know, they'd be there in their shorts and their t-shirt, and they'd have on the big old balloon chest protector and shin guards and the hat on backwards, and this. Uh, one parent of, of mine, his name was Ray Kalinsky. Ray was umpire in the game. And this lady was sitting behind the backstop. And if Ray said strike, she was crying ball. If he said ball, she was crying strike, safe and out. Ray couldn't do anything right for two, three innings. So it's a hot night. He comes out behind after an inning and he comes over to where I'm at to get a bottle of water. And, and just prior to walking over to me, he takes the chest protector and he takes the, the mask and he sets it down on her lap. And he says, ma'am, I, I, I really apologize. I'm not doing very good tonight. Uh, I was wondering if you could finish the game for me. Now, every parent at this place was had their eyes on this because everybody heard this woman just eating them alive, you know. And, and so he just set it on her lap and he walked over to me, had his water. Few minutes went by teams finished their infield stuff and he walked back over and he said to her i assume that's a no 
So I'll do my best. I promise you, I'll do my best and go back and do it. But you know, I just, I'm really sorry about how it's going. So he picked up the stuff, went back. This lady doesn't say a word for the next three innings. I mean, yeah. she's just sitting there. I'm, I'm actually surprised she didn't get up and leave because everybody there was just in a roar and, and laughing, you know, and that. But here was a guy that was not an umpire by trade, and he handled the situation better than probably most of us would have handled it, you know. Uh, and it was really, really great. I wish I had it on film to show it. Uh, but it was a little thing. It was, you know, just so well done. Um, but that's what we have to do. We have to work with people about how to handle handle those situations and and uh, to get through it. But we also, again, we better get the support from the from the coaches and the leagues and the and the conferences. Nope, uh, I agree. So, Robert, I am uh, I'm sure there are plenty of people out here that uh, have some comments. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Yeah. And thank you, viewers, for the comments. My goodness, this is what we wanted. And, and they're valid comments, even though they may not necessarily be well-received, they are truthful from their heart. Number one, the female gender is not fairly represented in, in regards to what a population group that we truly don't have a, a, a yeah. significant percentage being officials, right? So I, I thank you, viewer, for mentioning that. that. That is so true. Secondly, veteran officials feel they don't have the motivation to inspire others to get into this uh, fraternity, if you will, because of the behaviors of the fans now, and in some cases, the coaches, in some cases, the players. It's gotten to the point where officials are like, it's not worth it. You know, before they used to endorse it, support it, encourage new officials to come in. Now they're saying, you know, <laughs> I understand why you don't want to get into it. Sometimes I question it myself. Isn't that true? I mean, haven't we all been there? Yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, you bring somebody in and now they get berated and they're like, look what you got me into, man. Yeah, I know. I hear you. I, I have to admit, and, and when you talk about officiating, a lot of times the conversations go in that direction. You know, they want. It seems like the, your audience who asked the question want to hear those awful stories. And, and, and gosh, that's how often do we talk positively about officiating? Not as often as we should. And third, this one, this one's an interesting point by a viewer. We're independent contractors. We already are getting paid low rate for our work. We are giving back to the game. It's not necessarily our role to recruit, let the assigners recruit, let the states recruit, let the associations recruit on, the, on you know, their board and whatnot. Why, why are you putting the pressure on us as officials to recruit when, you know what, I'm getting scraps as it is. Now you're asking me to, to do your work for you? I'm Now don't shoot the messenger. This is what we're hearing from our viewers so we can take it from there, Tim. No, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all, actually. I don't disagree with it. But when I look at it, kind of like to your first point about I want to recruit because I because I love this. I think everybody that's here tonight who, who's a member or subscribes to MIBTOnline.com, they have a love for this. Otherwise, they wouldn't. They'd be the one guy out there, the guy who shows up, doesn't know the mechanics, just gets his 25, 50, 80 bucks, whatever it is, and walks away and doesn't care, and, you know, pulsing a patch guy. So, no, I don't disagree with that comment 
that, yeah, it shouldn't be our job, but I want to try to bring people in because I think in the end, this is a fun thing to do if it's done right and it's trained. So, or you're trained right. Go ahead, Robert. Another of you is tiring in that it's another good, valid point. The good old boys club, Tim, any assigner, you know, is there validity there, Tim? I'm well, yeah, Mike was, Mike was mentioning that, like we got to kind of break that a little bit because, you know, everybody, you get together and then all, I mean, I know like, for example, in the Chicago area, like all the assigners get all the good games before they, they even get to the masses. And that's just, but it's not always that, it's not always that because I know there were already, there were games that I would hold back when I was a signer to a crew yeah. that I wanted to have work with. Usually they were a veteran crew. So it's like, but I also know that I gave young crews opportunities and I was like, all right, I want to, you know, I, I promoted crews and I took the heat. I didn't care if they, if I felt like I wanted to give somebody a shot now, you know, you get the shot, you got to step up. And, and, uh, but I think, yeah, you're right. That's something hard to break but hopefully we can try to remove some of those barriers. But once again, what I said earlier as well, have reasonable expectations. Yeah, good old boys, let's break it down, but don't walk out, hey, I just did my first freshman game, I should be working all varsity now. And I think that we're, we're kind of in that, we gotta find that middle ground. So, I mean, that's kind of, any last comments? Because I really would like to get to some football, but I just thought that this was a good, good topic. No, everyone's saying this is great stuff. They obviously want to get to the plays as well, but uh, it was something that was worth in discuss discussing because it has a lot of merit. All right, cool. All right, well, I appreciate everybody. Just We'll continue this, but don't forget about the referral program. We're going to try to train people the right way so that way we can retain them, and they'll enjoy this. Let's get to, uh, let's get to our plays now, which should be a lot of uh, fun. So first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, show you the – uh, Bill Lamagne, uh, best practices. I'm going to give you a, a little sample of that. Let's get the, let's make sure we got the volume up here. And just so you kind of get an idea of what, what, what it is. And like I said, as a subscriber, you can go and check this out, but I wanted everybody to kind of get, get a taste of, of what we're doing here. So let's, uh, let's put this wide on the screen and uh, hope you enjoy it. Quarterback and shotgun gets the snap and throws a completed pass to the sideline towards the headlinesman. The linesman does a nice job of holding the line and then moving to mark the ball after the completion. The back judge begins his movement towards the sideline but never really moves towards the ball, kind of in a lateral motion at the sideline. Bill, I don't understand this movement. I don't either. Uh, I don't understand why he went so far over to the sideline. There was nothing to officiate and he wasn't watching players at that point. Um, you come over, you get to, towards that hash mark. That would have been probably uh, just outside the hash mark enough, but be looking back towards people, not the, not the sideline. Well, and I think as back judge in a crew of five, and this was a crew of five, when you have that play, you go to the sideline, directly to it, to go clean up behind it because we know that our H, he did a nice job. He's going to hold that line. He's going to hold that spot, or he's going to move in and hold that spot. Well, he needs to come in and clean it up. I mean, back judges should, might even be involved in some ball relay too. Well, potentially, and back judges, unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to look at it, should be one of the tired, most tired officials on the field because they'd be running sideline to sideline. More than me as a referee? Yes, more than you. Yes, Bill. Yes, Bill. More, more than Bill as a referee. Um, so that that's a little bit of a of just a taste of what we're doing here uh, for for the best practices. 
this year. You want to check it out. It's uh, about 70 plays. There's a lot of plays that are there. And uh, like I said, I think it's, uh, there's a lot of value from it. And we're going to do something new this year. Right now, the sections are there. So you can go and watch each section, the blocking, the, uh, the kicking. We have a new make the call section, which I'm telling you, this is like a test. And it's fun. And it's, it's the reason why it was titled the call on the field stands is because Bill and I discussing it, thinking about high school officials. What do we do as high school officials? We have to make the call. We don't get a chance to have replay overturn it. And there are lots of calls at other levels that would be reviewed or potentially overturned or, or confirmed on replay. We don't have that as high school officials. What we call on the field, that's the call. And this make the call section allows you to go through it and kind of get an idea one time, boom, boom. And then you got to go make the call and then we go back and, and talk about it. Bill, we kind of went that route this year because of the emphasis on replay and how the Federation a year or two ago said, you know what, no replay at high school. Even like Alabama who tried it, they said, no, you can't technically do it. I know it was something that we really wanted to focus on how as officials, that's how we, we have to do it as, at the high school level. Well, the first thing I want to do is, is stress the thing that high school officials or people that officiate anything that doesn't have replay, uh, you have to take charge of the game. It's your game and you're responsible for it. You know the call, you make the call. When you recognize you got doubt, you use good philosophy and axioms. Well, I want to congratulate and applaud uh, all the officials at the high school level because, you know, you, you're taking charge of a game. And I, I've become a little disenchanted with replay, particularly at the college level, where I see too many officials not being responsible for the game. And they're copping out and saying, hey, you know, replay fix changes it, replay changes it. That's their job. Um, and I don't, you know, and if replay saves my bacon, thank you. You know, I'll buy you a beer after the game. But I know when I had a call reversed by replay, it ate at me. You know, and what did I do wrong? How did I, what do I got to do different? That type of thing. And today they just shrugged their shoulders and okay, kicked it, replay fixes it, you know, move on with life. Or if replay doesn't fix it and it ends up wrong. Well, that's replay's fault because they didn't fix it. So again, I, I totally applaud the, the officials who still take responsibility for the game and at, particularly at the high school level. Uh, replay's great, but I'm telling you, Enjoy what you're doing um, because what you bring to the table and take responsibility for is what it's supposed to be about. And, and I think that's the point that we were, we're trying to make with this, this video. And there are some really cool stuff in that make the call section. So go ahead and check it out. And by the way, I'm, we'll, we'll, we'll always enjoy feedback. So if you have any feedback on anything, let us know because we, uh, we definitely want to hear it. Now, I will say it's, it was, it's kind of bittersweet because You'll see if you watch the intro that uh, that Bill is uh, is uh, going to kind of hang it up in regards to the, doing the same role that he'd done on the video, but it was a good run, Bill. Right? It did, we did a long time, right? It was, yeah. I mean, it's been going in even a couple years before we got together with it uh, when Tony Mahalik and I were doing it for USA Football. But yeah, it uh, it's been a while. But you know what? Just like anything else, I, I think it's. Uh, Time to turn it over to the uh, generation that can deal with today's climate. I guess that's, that's me. 
um, and, and whoever else, but no, <laughs> and our, our, our whole staff here. So, all right, well, let's, uh, let's get to our plays. Hey, Tim. Robert's, got something. Robert's got something. Let me uh, get over here to Robert. Robert, what do you got? Yeah, I have, I have uh, uh, some viewers that want to know how, how to purchase it because sometimes they're on flights, they don't have internet access, but they want to still watch the videos and train themselves, help train. So how do they get access if you have a thumb drive or something in that regard, Tim? Okay, so normally in the past, we have given discounts um, to members to get a heart to flash drive. Unfortunately, because of the way the security software and hardware, all that stuff works, we were unable to, to do that this year. But Referee NASL will be, will be selling the uh, actual flash drive, thumb drive, and that should be available in the next few weeks. It's, uh, there is okay. a link on the Bill Lamagne page. But for us personally, we just, we, we just didn't have the, the resources, unfortunately, this year to be able to produce the flash drives. Um, and, and we apologize. I know people sometimes wanted those. We would give a discount to subscribers. But you do have uh, it available. And the one bad thing about not, you know, we don't unfortunately have Netflix technology here or Amazon Prime. You know, maybe if we get a few more members, we can, we can implement that. But we don't have the ability for people to download it per se because um, it could be shared. Not that our members would, subscribers would do that, but anybody could share it and then it's like, then what's the point? So, um, but yeah, it will be available uh, at, uh, through the referee store under their football page, hopefully in the next few weeks, if you want an actual hard copy. But ours are available and will be available in a searchable database. So hopefully that answers the question. So let's, uh, let's get to our play of the week here. Uh, or the month, I guess. So looking at this, our first play, we're going to set this up. Oh, you know, I always like to start the plays off kind of very similar. What do we got? So we've got second down. So we know we got about second, and it looks about second and five. So that's important. So we know where our line to gain is for our, our wing officials. And we move forward here now. We always look at our formation so we know who we have, what we got. We, you know, we've got We've got our headlinesman who's punching this receiver back. So that means he's a back that would put this one on the line. So there's receiver one and receiver two. You've got your quarterback. You've got another back over here, and you've got one over here. I think there might even be one on, uh, you know, out further. But in the end, we kind of know what we're looking at. Nobody's threatened at the snap. We see no uh, competitive matchup. So what it's telling us is that we're probably going to go to zone right away. So now we've got this set up, and I, like I said, I always kind of like to start out that way. So we're good to go there. Now this one, I had asked everybody to send rules in because we have some rules discussions about rules that are commonly uh, misin uh, misinterpreted or misapplied. And so this one is an interesting one I, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about. So we're just going to let it run out. We'll let the play run out. We're going to see what happens. It's a run. Well, no, it's a pass, but now it turns into a run. Quarterback, and there's a lot of pushing and shoving and pulling and this and that. We'll look at it again real quick. You'll see you got some pulling, some pushing. And so one of the, the rules that we had that was talked about was helping the runner or assisting the runner. That was one of the rules that somebody sent in and that a high school rule doesn't take away the push. It says push and pull. 
where in other codes you can push, you can't pull. But I want to I want to talk about that because I mean I I look at a play like this. If you start out, the quarterback's got it, he ducks. So now what's going on? Now this lineman right here, he looks to be pulling. So you can make like pulling the quarterback forward. You can probably make the argument that at this point, maybe forward progress has really stopped. If, it, if you don't believe so, then you're going to have to do something about that, potentially. You might have an assisting the runner. Is he really pulling the runner forward? Is he doing something to gain an advantage? Maybe. It's a couple yards. It's possible. And maybe the forward progress isn't stopped because of it. So, yeah, you've got a rule on that. But now, the second part of this. So you've got a player here and you've got a player here. Who are they truly pushing? Are they pushing the runner? Are they pushing the defender? Um, you know, are they just pushing the pile? So where I think we need to be careful in regards to the, if we're going to go assisting the runner on, in high school on a push, I think you want to be clear as clear as clear as day that nobody in the world is going to be able to say that that person wasn't actually pushing the runner. And it's so clear, so obvious. Other than that, if you can get away with it, I don't think we want to call a pushing at the high school level and like a, unless it's 100% clear. So on this play, maybe you've got the pull. You know, going back to it, maybe you're, you're going to call the, 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 the uh, player who's pulling. So this would be this player right here. Maybe you're going to call that. But I don't know if you want to call those. I think you want, I think you want to stay away from that on a play like this. So I mean, that's my opinion on it. I will uh, I'll bring in the uh, the panel here and see what uh, see what we got. Bill, I'm going to start with you. Bill, you got to play like this. You know, high school you technically can't push. Yeah, any code you can't pull. What do you think? You know, you got to be careful with that push one because again, they're on bodies. Anytime a runner going up the middle. I would suspect that there's some offensive player who's pushing somebody, you know, so I, I'd be careful with that one. But the one of him grabbing and pulling, that one stands out a little bit more. Um, can you say forward progress has been stopped? Maybe, uh, but that might be a hard sell too. Well, and we talked about this when it happened in a bowl game. You know, this year we talked about it back in January, but I wanted to, the reason why I'm bringing this topic up again is because I wanted to delineate a little bit of the difference between high school and college or pros where that pushing. And, and like I said, I agree. That's why I kind of went that route where I don't think I want to go with the, with the push or, unless it's so clear that, you know, I just can't, I can't get away with it because everybody in the world is going to see it. Uh, Mike, you see it, you know, you see a play, you know, obviously high school, you can't push, but, but you want it to be really, really clear, right? Yeah, absolutely. Our, our local association has put in a, a interpretation, I guess, that's pretty common across the state, that there needs to be a lifting action um, for this to be a foul. So even though the signal is kind of a pushing signal that the, that the referee gives, um, we're never to call um, just pushing the back a uh, foul. Well, and... That's good. I'm glad that you guys have an actual interpretation that way. But I mean, by, by rule, I can understand why that was sent in. And I, and I appreciate the, the person who sent that in because 
it's true, but we, I think we want to be careful. We don't want to be, like I said, pioneers. Robert, I'll get your opinion on it, and I'm sure there's some people who have some opinion on it as well. Yeah, a personal opinion is I'm, I'm, I'm staying away from this. I'm not, I'm not throwing my flag for helping the runner. No, no way, especially when I see pushing from the, from the backside, nah, nothing. Let it go. Get the big ones. All, you know, another comment that I noticed on this play is the linesman. Linesman's got happy feet, just flowing way up field, getting caught, coming back. I mean, we want to keep our eyes steady to uh, to truly define progress here. And I don't know if you want to replay it to show everyone, but uh, that's that's not really the proper mechanic for an MIBT official. And well, uh, if you, if, if yeah, you want to back. show it, show it. If not, then uh, no, I can I'll, comment I'll go from back. the other I'll go back viewers. to the play. Absolutely. Okay. So we'll go back to it here and look at the top. At the, you'll see the what Robert's talking about. And it's actually a very good point because this starts out, looks like pass, turns into run, and he's already gone. Like, he's just gone downfield. What is he officiating? He's officiating air. There's nothing down there to officiate. So, I mean, that's, that's a really good point in that regard because, we, like you said, we, we want to officiate something, not, not nothing. So let's bring, up our, uh, let's bring up our next play here. Let me uh, get it queued up for everybody, and we'll go through it again. All right, so... Let's go to our, our I'm gonna, let's, let's think we're good now. All right, so here we go. Take down the text number just for a moment. All right, so here's our play, same thing. We're gonna look at everything. It's second down. You can see over here, it's second down. It looks like second down and long. It looks like about 11, because I don't see another stake. So that's something to keep in mind in regards to clock status and, and whatnot. So you know it's second down and long. You can also assume that you might be having a pass play because it's second and long. So these are things, to keep our football IQ up and running. So now we're gonna go through the, the formation. Looks like we've got uh, a wide receiver on the line. Okay, we've got a slot back. We've got a quarterback or a, a back. We've got a quarterback and we've got a slot back here which makes this our end of the line of scrimmage. So in the end, we have to determine strength of formation. It's a balanced formation because of our tight end but we also have to look at competitive matchups. If by some chance you go to strength of formation to the line, linesman's side, or sorry, the line judge's side, then technically the back judge is probably going to go here, or in some cases will go to, go here. Well, if I'm a back judge, I'm not going there because there's nothing going on. What I'm probably doing is I'm probably going to switch this up, and I'm probably going to go here because that is what's gonna happen right at the snap. Nothing's gonna happen here right at the snap. Even if this is a balanced formation, and even if your mechanics say that the, that the back judge goes to the end of the line on the strength of formation, and the strength of formation when it's balanced is a line judge, I'm moving over to the other side. Robert, I'm gonna ask, I see you typing, but I wanna ask you, because you're a back judge, if you saw this, and it was this type of formation where you know you're technically supposed to go to the left. Aren't you going to switch and go to the right? 100% viewers, 100%. Why? Because I got time to react if there is action to the left. Right now, I got space. Shoot, how many yards do we have between players there, Tim? At least five, if not more. A lot. So no, my focus has to be back on the tight end because that's where that's where I need to I need to be able to have a comment if there is a situation that involves judgment of a offensive or defensive foul occurring there. Absolutely. So that's just something to keep in mind. All right, so now we know where everybody's looking. So now we've got a motion. 
So that changes things up a little bit, but not really, because our, really our only competitive matchup is still at that tight end. So here we go. It looks to be a pass. So now let's go back and start out and see where all of our receivers go. So you see we have our guy in motion. We've got receiver. This receiver looks to be going like this. He seems to be on a fly pattern. Okay, so that's something to consider. We see our, if we go back up to the top here, our tight end gets out clean. So we're, we're pretty much going to zone right now. If we're the wing officials and the back judge and a five-person crew, we're going zone. We have this receiver. He seems pretty clear off of the line as well. So now we're going to let this play out. Everybody's in space. So we've got our age our is doing a good job holding the line. Our umpire is starting to move up because you need to get out of traffic. I can't see the line judge, can't see the referee, but I'm assuming they're in good position since I can't see them. But we've got offensive players now running in space. So if you're if you are the back judge or the line judge or, or, or the head linesman, you are now in the zone, a zone coverage, looking for the competitive matchup. All right, so now we're, we're still wide open. We're still in wide open space. But what happened is that the quarterback is starting to roll this way. So if I'm the L, I'm in kind of this, this freeze mode because I've got a quarterback coming to me. I'm probably not helping out with these blocks quite yet. I, pro I may be taking a peek at them because there's nothing going on down here, but I also know that I've got potential receiver coverage downfield if this guy decides to stop you know, and then lock and throw. I'm going to have to get down and, and rule on this. So I'm maybe peeking at this. If I'm the referee, what else? Have, I hopefully am looking at this because i got nothing else to look at. If I'm the R who's over here, I'm hoping they come over the top and looking at this. If I'm the umpire... I'm just cleaning up. Now my H, who's starting to move just a little bit downfield, I think on our new mechanics this year, if I was the H, I'd hold because I don't know if my line judge is going to have to bail, and I want to know if this guy gets to the line of scrimmage or not in case we do have that throwaway. But that's just me. But he's not that far off. He can take a step back. We continue. Now, if we look and see what happens, the quarterback tucks and runs. All right? He has now got that ball tucking and running. Could he still stop and throw? Yeah. But our, hopefully our line judge is holding the line right here because there really isn't a, a need for our line judge to go this direction because he's not coming at him. He's going kind of parallel to him. So our line judge can hold the line and help. Our H, like I said, I, don't, I, mean, I would probably hold a little bit on that knowing that I, have, I do have that responsibility um, to maybe help with the line of scrimmage, and I am clean up. But, but I, that's where I'm going to be looking. So now once we have decided that this is a run, where are we going? I've got an L here. I've got an R over here. I've got a back judge here. We've got an umpire here, and we've got our H up there. Okay, so where is everybody looking? That's what you have to ask yourself. Where are we going right now? If I am the line judge, I've got a lot going on because I've got a runner and I've got some stuff going on downfield. If I'm the line judge, I am probably coming here because I'm seeing this guy come back and he looks to be a potential point of attack. If I'm the umpire, I'm probably coming here. If I'm the back judge, I'm probably going there. We've got this covered. Our referee should be coming over here 
and he might also be coming over here because what else is going on? So there's an idea of where everybody should be looking. Nobody should be watching him run. There's no reason just to watch a runner run. So as we continue on, now our line judge, who's still not in the picture, but he has got this runner coming to the sideline. And we've got this block, this potential block right there. And that seems to be the only engagement. I don't know if the back judge could leave this because these guys are close enough, something could happen. But that's our engagement right there. That is what we need, what we're looking at. And now, here we go. We got a potential blindside block, maybe block in the back, whatever it might be. Might be. I'm gonna play this all, I'm gonna play this again. Here we go. Boom. The bad thing about this, why this play is so difficult to officiate if in a five-person, because you still, I want you to just focus in on these guys. We're going to go back and look at the block here in a minute. But focus in on those guys. If you're the back judge, it, it might be hard to come off of that. Because look what they're doing. They're close enough to where if that guy were to turn the corner, that, something could happen there. So that's where it's like, it might be hard to come off of that if you're the back judge. I mean, could the back judge get a great view of this? Does this guy right here have a brick in his hand and he's looking at it right over the top? Yeah, if he's good enough to pick up on that, the back judge could help. But in the end, you know, the back judge is also now, once this block happens, look at all the traffic here. Wouldn't the back judge get a good, good look at it? I don't know. Our umpire, who's just off the screen at the top, would he get a good look at it? I don't know. I really don't know if he would with the traffic. Our referee, oops, not a B, an R. Our referee might, because what else has he got going on? He might have seen that guy coming, and he might have gotten a look at it because that's a point of attack. That's the only block. Our line judge, I don't know. I'm hoping, but now this block is behind the player, behind the runner, and what else do we have happen here at the end? Look, I mean, this contact, it's close to a potential UNR. I'm not saying it is, but it's close. So that's why our L, who's going to pick that up? If our L is watching that block, and now who's going to watch that? That's what makes this play so difficult to officiate using five officials. But we have to cover it. And that's why you know, I, walked through, I wanted to walk through it step by step, going back to it, because there is a way to cover it. There, this can be covered. The referee can take this block here. They can't see the beginning, middle, or the end of that block. Our line judge can't get a peek at it. Maybe our back judge can get a peek at it. It, it can be seen. And then our line judge can, can uh, then transition to this hit right here and be able to, to make a call. He comes down. Looks like he's not killing the clock or anything. And our referee is right there. You can see him at the top of the screen. Our referee is right there. So a lot to think about on a play like this. I don't know if it's a, you know, we could talk about, I really, honestly, we can talk about whether or not this should be an illegal blindside block. I don't know. It's tight. But I'm more concerned about if we even see it. And that's where, that's why I spent a lot of time on that. So I'm going to go, to, I'm going to go to Bill here real quick. Bill, we got, we have five officials. I mean, this is, this is tough, right? No question. Uh, you know, the back judge, like you say, is occupied with the two guys downfield. And even if he tried to look through, there were so many other players there in the way. I'm not sure he'd get a look. 
I actually thought the offensive player coming back was going to take out the guy who actually made the hit at the sideline. And he passed by him, and he actually took the guy out yards behind him. Uh, I would really hope that the referee uh, would have picked up on that and at least been able to say whether he called it or didn't, but he could take ownership and responsibility to say, I saw it, here's why it's a foul, or here's why it was legal. Um, and I would have supported a flag for a blind side. I think that was forcible enough uh, to, that a flag would have been warranted. Uh, but uh, the, the other thing is the headlinesman from the other side of the field, he better be doing some cleanup from the backside because that's one of the weak things that happens. Uh, nothing fortunately did happen there, but that, that's his responsibility to clean up behind everybody. No, you're right. And, and, and I, that's where, because this block ends up becoming a back, like behind it. It's not in front of it anymore. It no longer becomes a point of attack block per se, because he's already by it. But you have to still rule on it because it's a safety foul. And that's, I think that's important to, to look at. So I'm going to go to Mike real quick on this. Mike, you see a block, you see a block like this, Mike, and uh, you know, you're like, well, what do we got here? And there's so much going on for a, uh, you know, that's why the, the line of scrimmage officials make the big bucks. It's not really a mayor the same as it, but I mean, there's so much going on to be able to move back and forth. We all as a crew have to kind of have that ebb and flow to be able to pick up something like this. Yeah. And I think the only official who probably isn't going to see those kind of hits is going to be that short wing official as a runner is nearing the sideline. Um, the crew is, as a crew, we have to recognize once the runner gets outside of the hash marks that um, the, the, the officials in the middle of the field have to pick up those guys with the brick in the hand that are going the opposite direction. Um, just because wing officials have so much responsibilities with regards to progress and, um, you know, line to gain, um, inbounds, out of bounds, um, you know, I, 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 and it's also probably two or three yards away from the player when the away from the official when the contact happens. So I love your comments there about the referee picking that up as a referee myself. I would, I would love to be responsible for that contact, but since the back judge is watching um, guys coming from deep in the defensive secondary, once you see that guy with the brick in his hand, just stay on him. Um, there really isn't any significant action happening with the deeper block that's down further down the field near the sideline. Um, I would think that we might have two flags, one from the back judge and one from the referee on this on this play. The only thing about the back judges was I was showing there's a lot of there's a lot of players in between. And if he doesn't see get a clean view of it because of that, I mean, could he have come off that other block? Yeah, absolutely. He, he could have. But I just was concerned a little bit about some maybe some of the traffic. Robert, I'm going to go to you now, Robert. What are you uh, what are you hearing out there? You're back judge. How, how are you going to see this? Are you going to see it? Are you going to move off that other block? I'm definitely gonna. I'm definitely gonna have my eyes on it. But I want to go to the viewers here because they're bringing up a good point here. Tim, they're seeing uh, hands initiating the the contact begins with the hands. Can you show that video? Because I'm here. I'm getting more than one viewer commenting on this. No, that's. It's interesting that you bring that up. All right, so I'll walk it through slow. Yep. And so you have to. Here it comes. You can yep. see it coming now. His hands are out. Yeah. But it's one of those where. What is the, where's the contact? Is the contact, is the hands extending? See, just cause he comes out right now, what I think the, the point of the block is if now, right now, if he now extends his hands, then maybe you've got just that, the, you know, open hands. But if he, if that contact really is with the shoulder, 
from the, you know, from the side, and he can almost make an argument because, I mean, he can almost make an argument that he's at the back too. So I'm not saying, like I said, I don't, if you, if the viewers out there don't want, don't think this is enough, you know, Bill thought it was. If you don't think it is, I mean, personally, you know, I, I could probably pass on it, but I, I just don't like that second, I just don't like the, that part of it. I just think it's, it might be unnecessary because he's already by him. And, you know, I wouldn't have a problem throwing on it. But, but in the end, I just want somebody to see it. I don't, if, you want to, if you think this is, a, this is clean out there in viewer land, good for you. I mean, just as long as you saw it and are able to communicate that, I'm good with it. I mean, if you want to pass, pass. But I think that's, that's important. Yeah, and, and to the, just to kind of summarize this, viewers, if, if a player initiates contact with open hands, that in itself, you know, now you have vocabulary to support if you pass on it. And the fact that you actually judged the contact is fantastic. And then you can share your comments with your crew and, and with the coach that's questioning if a coach questions on why you judged it as a non-foul. However, if you do deem that although it started with the contact initially with the hands, but he finished with a body part, the shoulder that had forcible contact and you aired on player safety, you use that vocabulary as well, because again, you saw the contact, you made the judgment and you can share with your crewmates and the coach. Now to that point, if you have another crewmate that can gather with you, so you combine and support each other, that's how you feel confident in your judgment, right? Sometimes even myself, I, I as a back judge, I may say, gosh, it looked like he was coming in with this, like a missile, but he, did he start with his hands? Did he finish with his hands? And then Tim as a wing would say, Robert, I know what you saw. I had him initiating with his hands, but he finished with the shoulder. We're going with the foul here. Go, okay, I'm with you. You see how that dialogue exchange works as a crew? And Bill, you could comment since we're facing you on uh, how how you think that could apply to this discussion. Well, yeah, Bill, no, go ahead, Bill. No question about it. That if if there, if you have doubt on the call, that dialogue's important. Um, and if I'm solid on the call, I don't have doubt, and, and that, that's how I'm going to express it, too. Uh, that uh, I saw it clean. It may have started with the hands, but he finished with the shoulder, forcible contact from the shoulder. So uh, I'm, the, I'm staying with the flag. Um, those are things, and, and I'm, not, I'm not upset that you come and talk to me, and you shouldn't be upset that I, you know, it's just, that's just good communication. We're trying to help each other out. Amen. No, I, I, I agree with that. And like I said, I, I just want somebody to see it in the end. If we end up going a different route on it, we go a different route on it. If, some, if somebody wants to call it, somebody doesn't. As long as like, like what Robert was saying, they've got the vocabulary behind it um, to, to at least explain it because they, they saw it and they're able to make a judgment. Now, Robert, any uh, other comments here or, or your personal comments? I do, but you know, the, the viewers were a little bit lagged behind on the previous play. And, and I don't want to interject on that previous play yet until, unless you were finished with this one. But there are other viewers that don't want to go to bed until they have answers on the, on the previous play on this, uh, this other um, element to it. Yeah, we're done with this play and let oh. this one lag. So, so you mean about the helping the runner? People want to go back to that one, huh? They want to go to help, the helping the runner for two points. Um, one is, what if we change the play situation and put it on the goal line? And, or, or we're at the one-yard line. And, and now we have a situation where 
clear push, the quarterback sneak, clear halfback coming in, just full push in the quarterback towards the goal line. One, what do you have there? A foul or no foul? And two, how do you explain it, uh, you know, in that type of game situation if, if you pass? So there you go. All right, so back to the play here. Um, you know, instant request, as I like to call it. So here, so basically the point I was trying to make on this play, I don't care where this is. There is not enough from the push, not the pull. We're not talking about the pull here. We're only talking about the push. I don't know if that guy, look, looks like the one guy's pushing number 52 in the white. Where's the other guy pushing? It looks like he might be pushing the other defender there. Helping the runner or assisting the runner is actually assisting the runner. This is nothing about the pile. It says assisting the runner. So I think in this play, specifically from the push, now we're not talking about the pull, the push, you have nothing. You don't have anything from what we see here, whether it's at the one, the 50, or in outer space. It's, it's nothing in this particular case. Now, going to the example of like, let's the, the what if game, where I was saying where if it's so clear that the only people we see, I'm not talking pile, I'm so, I, I got that running back who basically gets in, you know, and without being vulgar, but like just gets in and just like, the only two people out there on the field from behind, you can see it, it's just like, oh wow, that guy is just, you know, humping the guy and pushing him in. It's totally helping the runner. High school, you gotta foul. But how many times does that happen, Robert? How many times can you so clearly see that the, the running back, it does happen, but like clearly pushing, not the pile, the actual runner, right? Yeah, that's just it. And, and I'm, I'm glad you said that because I've been typing away my responses. We're on the one yard line. We have a mass of bodies, right? Who has the best angles on that play? The wings do, right? And, and you can say the referee because of the backside view. But bottom line is no other, no other spectator coach is going to be able to have the same view as you do. And how do you not know that that quarterback is not shooting towards a gap? And so the back is actually pushing a, a center or a guard or some other teammate partially or, or mostly. You you want to throw your flag on that situation? Holy cow! Uh, well, and and I'm I, sure I, somebody out in viewer land, which I love our viewers, I love our subscribers, well, might have a video of where you see the guy clearly. Well, yeah, if everybody can see it, it's clear as day in the video. There's no no one's going to question that the running back, whoever lineman, was actually pushing the actual runner. Yeah, call it that. You want to throw it? Throw it. That's fine. But I think if there's any way, you need to know that 100. percent and it's got to be so clear that no one's going to be like, what did he just call? What is this signal? You know, and I can see, I can see Bill, Bill, he's getting up on his, uh, on his thing. So I'll go to Bill, Bill, what, what do you got? I can interject, you know, and yeah. again, it's legal in the college game for that push now, but one of the things, and I hope it doesn't filter to the high school level, but one, it's short yardage or goal line situation like that. And they're going to, they're going to do a quarterback sneak. The quarterback's under center. They've been in bringing in like number 76 and he is setting up directly behind the quarterback. Okay. And as soon as that ball snapped, you know, he's into the back of the quarterback. Uh, he's not carrying him in, but he's into the back of the quarterback and he's going to make sure that one yard uh, gets achieved. 
hopefully, you know, and that st- jumps, that, if that happened in a high school game and they brought that big guy in behind, then just have, just remember that it should be pretty suspect that that may be what they're going to do. Uh, drive him into the back of the quarterback to take him in the end zone or get the, the first down. So, you know, just be aware of that if they start do, using that technique. I'm glad you brought that up, yeah. Bill. I have not seen that type of play where they bring in a big, huge lineman behind the quarterback, but I'm glad you brought that to my attention because now it's eliminating a blind spot. There, I would have my antenna up for yeah. a foul, no doubt, but I've never seen that. Hey, just remember, and I used to do this when I was still on the field, probably about every two or three years, I used to go to a coach's clinic because I wanted to hear the coaches talking about what, how, of course, you know, their interpretation of the rules and how they were going to handle this or suggestions that they were making. And it was just like, man, I, you know, some of the things that they talk about or think were interpretations to do uh, were, were mind boggling. And I used to just sit there, mind my own business. And just, but it was just like, I just wanted to know what they were, what they were going to be up to when it came to rules. With that being said, Bill, if it was just number 22, the halfback, who did drive up to push the quarterback, would you have a foul in that situation? So they did not bring uh, an alignment, just a standard number 22. I, I, I'd i probably be less cautious about calling it from the standpoint that, you know, there's big big guys up front for the offense. There's big guys up front for the yeah. defense. And I don't think 22 is having any effect on this one whatsoever, you know. No, I think good point. Yeah, good point. I think I think we're good there. Well, I appreciate it. We got a call tonight, man. We, we we had some overtime. We went to overtime tonight. So I try to keep it in an hour so that way everybody, you know, it's summer. Go out and enjoy your summer before you actually have to go referee here in a couple months. So I, I appreciate everybody who uh, joined us tonight. It was a lot of fun. So uh, so uh, Mr. Robert Yabara, thank you for for joining us. I'm gonna f- finish up with you here in just a second, but I want to thank Mike Billica for joining us as well. Mike, thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. It was always great to have these meetings. Thanks for inviting me. No problem. Mr. Lamagne, thank you for being here, as always. Really appreciate it. Got it. No problem. All right, Robert. So any last second text or comments before we call it a night here? No, I think we're great. It was a great meeting in May. You're making us better, MIBT. Uh, God bless everyone. Uh, That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make you better here. So... For uh, all of us here at MIB 1099, don't forget about our referral, man. Bring them in. $10 ahead. $10 ahead to you. Direct to you. We'll Venmo it. We'll send you cash. We'll send you a check. Whatever you want. Cash. You know, like, like Yogi Berra said, it's like, they'll give you real money. It's, or whatever he said. It's like cash or whatever he said. It doesn't matter. I forget. But please do it. We're going to be back next month. I hope everybody's safe. Enjoy your June. Enjoy uh, Memorial Day weekend. Until next uh, month, we'll catch you here at MIBTOnline.com. I'm Tim Kiefer from MIBTOnline.com. And everybody here, have a great night.